You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O.com. Runway. Vital Bio Restaurant, brand new on the French side of St. Martin and Marigold. Vital Bio specializes in all kinds of dishes. Oh yes, West Indian dishes, chicken and rice and all that's nice, and many other types of seafoods. Oh yes, a one-stock bar awaits you, especially if you need a martini. Vital Bio specializes in all your favorite drinks, in top quality for you. Oh yes, Vital Bio, brand new. Yes, I told you so, Lot 107, Resident Lama. 54 Rue de la Liberté. Vital Peel, the number one restaurant on the French side of St. Martin. Don't you forget to go to Vital Peel, the number one brand new restaurant on the French side of St. Martin. Nubian kings and queens. Are you or is someone you know suffering from constant bad hair days because of hair loss or alopecia? Think there's no hope for regrowing your crown and glory? Try Protress, organic hair products made from the finest and most holistic ingredients such as rosemary, nettle and passion flower. Protress hair products encourages hair growth, prevents hair breakage, and strengthens weak, fragile, or breaking Afro hair. Regenerate and regrow long, thick curls, kinks, and coils with Protress. Visit protresshaircare.co.uk. That's protresshaircare.co.uk to order your monthly supply today. Uh, listeners, welcome to this week in interview. I'm your host, Anthony Drago. I, I want to say thank you to our sponsors because I took the opportunity to just play them up front. We know the sponsors help us to keep it, the, the mics live. So welcome to this week in interview. My regular listeners, I thank you so much for joining me every Wednesday. I know there's so many things that compete for your time. And I really appreciate you every week that you make this week in interview a part of your weekly schedule, a weekly agenda. The month of May, this is the second Wednesday in the month of May, and we dedicated May as a month to celebrate writers. Uh, and there's no exception tonight I have. A uh, most accomplished author with me, and um, in, in the person of Catherine Dorset. I will. I'll take a break in a minute to pay the caricaments them, and when we come back from the break, um, Catherine will be on the line with me from Monstrat. If tonight is the first time that you are joining us for this week in interview, welcome. I hope that after you spend an hour with us, you will agree that it's a program that's worth your time, and you will make us part of your weekly schedule. Those of, us, those of you listening to this weekend interview on RVR Jams, welcome as well. RVR Jams is a radio, online radio station operating out of Dominica. New kid on the block, so to speak, and we really appreciate them collaborating with this weekend interview and carrying us live. So, I don't want to take too much of the time on the intro. So what I'm going to do is play some of the Caricom Anthem by Mikael Henderson. And when I come back, I will have Miss Catherine Dorset on the line from Montserrat. And we're going to talk about her work. She has published several books. She is attempting to, to make one of them into a feature film. Um, she writes about a myriad of, of different topics. And very interesting. She's been on this week in interview before, so she's no stranger, but we've picked up so many new listeners. Um, if you haven't heard Catherine, you're in for a treat tonight, so stay tuned. Let's listen to Mikkel do the Caracom Anthem, and we'll be right back. From 
distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains All right, listeners, welcome back. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to cut Mikkel short on that song because I love that song. But I'm also super excited to get to my conversation with my guest tonight, Miss um, Catherine Dossett. As I told you before the break, uh, she's, she's no stranger to TDN Radio. She's a friend of TDN Radio. As a matter of fact, we consider her family at, at TDN Radio. And, you know, I, this, this is a privilege that I have as the host of this week in interview. I, I have the coolest part of my life. I get to talk to people who have accomplished so much, who have done so much, who are still striving to do even more. And, and so they are an inspiration to me, and I'm very privileged to, to have an excuse to talk to them and to, and to get their attention for an entire hour. And, and that's what I do on this week in interview, and I, I get to share those conversations with you. Well, tonight is no exception. Ms. Catherine Dorsett is originally from Dominica, but she resides in Monstrat. In Dominica, she worked as a journalist um, for one of the local newspapers. And um, she moved to Montserrat, and where she resides currently with her family. And she's still involved in the community. She does a lot of work with the youth. But uh, she has evolved into quite an accomplished writer and author. And um, no celebration of Dominican writers would be complete if Catherine Dossett did not um, form part of that. So tonight I'm super excited and, and delighted to welcome Catherine back to this week in interview. It's a pleasure to have you as usual, Catherine. Good evening, Tony. It's really great coming back. I have listened to your voice because I love listening to this weekend interview. But it's good to actually be the guest again. <laughs> wonderful honor. <laughs> yeah, it's always, always great to have you. And um, every time I prepare for the interview, I'm always amazed at the amount that you do. I mean, the, it is said that everybody has a book in them. I have not been able to find mine. <laughs> and, so I, and so I always admire people who can get one completed, but you've, com you've completed a few. So before we go further, 
the fact is that we, we have new listeners who, who have joined us since the last time you were on. So why don't we take a few moments to introduce yourself to, to the listeners, the new ones, and remind those who heard you before of who you are and what you do. So let's take a few moments and introduce yourself again. Okay. Um, my name is Catherine Dorset, But before that, I was known as Helena Durand. I worked with all of our newspapers in Dominica. The, the New Chronicle Rise started off. Then it was Tropical Star. Then we had Independent on the Mirror. And then I collaborated with two colleagues, and we had the Sun newspaper, oh. where I worked for a while before coming to Montserrat. When I actually came to Montserrat, I came to work with a newspaper, the Montserrat Reporter. I came up there in 2001, and by 2002, I changed jobs, and I was working with the government, and I am still working with the government today. I work in the Ministry of Education. I am the the youth and community development worker. Well, one of them. There are two of us. Mm -hmm. I love working with young people. But I think a little more than just working with young people, I love my family, I love my church family, and I love to write. So whenever I get a spare moment, some people say when they're upset, they probably listen to music, watch a movie, get their minds off things. If I get upset or even just to just spend time with myself, I get a pen and paper. And yeah, I'm at my best when I have pen and paper. That's amazing. I was, that's, that's really amazing. <laughs> I express myself better when I write. Mm. And sometimes I try not to write because my true self really comes out and I'm on paper. Last time I was with you, Tony, I had, I was up to my seventh book. Since we last spoke, I have done four more. So wow. I'm up to my book. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's been fun. I, I, I really love writing. But my the two books that I am most well kind of surprised really is uh, my novel. My first novel was Fire on Montserrat. Mm-hmm. And just to summarize it really is in two thousand and fifteen the government of Montserrat was celebrating twenty years of living with a live volcano and they were really doing a big celebration, people were coming back, it was a reunion. And I thought, well, you know, I wanted to get involved. But being a Christian, I wasn't going to go to Carnival. I wasn't going to do certain things. I said, well, how can I, you know, how can I get involved? And I said, well, you can write, so why don't you write a book? And I started off, ended up with a book with two young lovers who were separated by the volcano. And they met again on Montreal 20 years later, which would have been 2003. So it's a romance. It's a Caribbean romance. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> and it's a rational one. And... um. I wasn't sure what to expect, but when the book was published, I got some views. And local readers were saying, "Girl, you need to make this book into a movie." Mm-hmm. I was thinking, "A movie?" You know, I mean, like, no way. But they loved the book, and when I wrote the book, I mean, that was it. I was just going to write the book, be part of everything, and leave it to the book. And then they said, hunt me down and they say, you have to do a sequel. This is kind of finished now because we love the characters and Kyla has become, she's so real to us. I say, okay. So I went and I did Jordan, which was a sequel to Fire and Montserrat. So, so, and so let's, let's, let's slow it down a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you said you have 11 of them. So we have to talk about, we have to talk about most of them, right? So Fire and Montserrat, you wrote as a novel. My first novel. Yeah, as, mm-hmm. as a full length novel. And, and it's, it's a story built around the life of people having to deal with a, with a live volcano that made, yes. basically made it's half crazy. of Montserrat inhabitable. Yep, yep. Okay. And, those, and, those, and these two people were lovers that got separated. And then, the and then they, they met again on Montserrat. 20 years later. Right 20 years Montserrat. later on Montserrat. And, and you, are also, you are currently in the middle of a project to turn that book into a into a full-length okay. movie. Hmm. Yes. So you're very busy I have been speaking. We actually started it off, mm-hmm. and I went to St. Lucia, and we did some scenes. We actually did a promo out of it. Mm-hmm. But the funding, as easy as people said it would be, they said, this is such a wonderful project. Trust me, you will get funding for it. The funding didn't come as easily as we thought. 
but the project is still in the works. I have spoken to a few persons, and there is there is this one company. They want to help me with the movie, but they want it as a twelve part movie. So they oh, want the a mini series. That I really series. Have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really have some work to do. So I only have these two, and I'm working on the third book, mm-hmm. which is a woman like us in the in the trilogy. I actually wanted to just leave it as three books, but they say if, they, if I want to fund it, everything now is miniseries. Everything is a miniseries. Yeah, keep so they think if I can give them a miniseries, I'm actually working right now. Okay, okay. So, well, we, we see movies all the time, and we hear people, people talk about the movies, and they say, you know, the, this movie, they've been working on it for five years, for ten years, for twelve years. I know, years. right? So, <laughs> so I guess when, when we're in it, um, we, do, we do recognize the challenges that's involved in bringing, Indeed. In bringing a, Indeed. Movie, a movie out to so, so, I mean, somebody with your energy and motivation, I'm sure... We'll, we'll get it out um, soon enough. And, and then when I stopped you, you were starting to talk about a sequel to that book. Well, the sequel is, is Jordan. Mm. Because from Fire and Montserrat, what happened was when they got separated, the young girl was pregnant and didn't know. And they met 20 years later. She couldn't find a guy because Montserrat was in an opera. People couldn't find people. So many people had died. And besides, when the child was born, she was told that the child had died. So she had no reason to look for the baby. But if I tell you all the rest, they're not going to want to read the book. So you've got to read it. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers, right? No spoilers. All right. <laughs> Suffice it to say, though, that the sequel, Jordan, mm-hmm. is based on the young boy's life. On the child's life. Me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the third book... You just got to read it. And there's a third one coming. <laughs> yes, there is. You've already started writing the third one? Yes, I have. Okay. So, so Jordan is a complete book. Because the last time we spoke, you had just you had finished Fire and Monster, right? We were looking at, we were looking at turning it into a Both movie. Books. Both so, books are finished. So in the, the meantime, you've written two more. Finished. The second book is finished. And they're available on Amazon. And I'm working on a third book in the in the. Wow. Okay. And you say they're available on Amazon.com. You just go to Amazon.com and look for Catherine Dorset yes. or Fire on Montreal. You or you just Google Catherine Dorset okay. and my Amazon page. And the Amazon up. comes up. Right. Now, um, this is where maybe it's a good time. Uh, do you have, cause I have something to read from either of those books? No, I've actually chosen to leave that in suspense. Okay, so you're not reading anything from one of those books. Okay, no problem. So before before your full length movie, your full length novel, um, Fire and Monstrat, you had written works before that. Yes, I had. So let's talk about those books. Well, I had Auntie Kate's short stories. Mm -hmm. Auntie Kate's short stories is the very very first book that I wrote, Mm -hmm. and I actually began writing when I was about nine or so. And the reason I actually put it in a book format is because my mom gave me my an exercise book and told me when the stories come to mind, write them down. When you were because nine, when you were nine years old. Nine years old, yes. Wow. Okay. Because even as a kid, my mom couldn't read and write very well. I had never seen her read a book except her Bible, but no other book. Mm-hmm. And I knew well she was she couldn't read too well, so she would get me books from you know from the library. Mm-hmm. and asked me to read her a story. But because she couldn't read very well, she would come home with physics and maths. And, of course, you know, well, there's no story in that. Just, uh, you know, numbers and so on. <laughs> so what, what I did was song. make up a story. You know, every night I made a story. And there was this one night, I, you know, I must have done the story so well that she wanted it the next night. <laughs> I couldn't tell her what it was. She said, what? You said it last night, just turn the page. And so I had to admit that I'd been making it up. She gave me a song beating because she said that was lying, pretending to read when I wasn't reading. But she also gave me a book and told me whenever I have ideas to write them down. So I started to write Antiquate. This is a, this is a very interesting story that you just told. <laughs> you, you said that you got into writing because you used to make up stories to tell, to read to your mom. So you have the book in front of you, and you'll be reading it like it's a story. 
It's a, yep, it's a all, physics all book. Yeah, all algebra and all kind of other things. Wow. I, and, 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 you, and you were spinning stories from that age. Yeah. Uh, and she was having fun, you know. She would laugh at the antics of the characters and she really had fun. And it, it really pleased me to please her. Right. But then that night she wanted the same story she had last night because she really liked it. And, and for the life of me, I couldn't remember a word of the story because I was just <laughs> Wow. She gave, me, she gave me the exercise book and told me, you know, whenever the stories come to mind, write them down. Because one day she thinks I'm going to be a writer. It, it's just a pity she's not here to see that. She didn't even get to see one book. Ah, but God knows yeah. best. Well, nobody knows yeah. what happens well, in the after. No. So, so, so she probably has the ability to... To read them even before you write them now. Well, it's, it's like that guy was uh, Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually get to see, but he had the vision. So I am comforted by the fact that she knew I could do it. You know, so yeah. Wow. So that's an interesting story. So Aunt Kate, let Aunt Kate is, is short stories. Okay. Um, and and say you started writing that from a child. You kept all those all those stories and and added to them and then published them as a book. Is that book also available on Amazon? Yes, all all of my eleven books are available on Amazon. I love to hear that. All of your eleven books. Yes, it's on my page along with some of my trailer from mm-hmm. the movies that I wanted to make. The trailer mm-hmm. of the book themselves because I did um, video promotion for the books. Okay. So they are all on Amazon. That's awesome. You know, I, I know I'm familiar with some of your work because we you know we were involved in trying to get some of them going. And so I want to encourage listeners to to support your work because that is the whole that is one of the ideas behind this this whole concept of uh, a month to celebrate writers to to let the audience become familiar, to give them the opportunity to become familiar with the work of Dominican writers and, and to tell them where they can find it and, and to hear and to, and to know the writers a little more intimately like, like we just hear in the stories of how you, how you started writing. And so, listeners, let's support our own. Let's, let's you know, buy, buy a copy of Aunt Kit, give it to your kid. And tell them the story of how that book came about. It's a child making up stories to entertain her mother and pretending to read a book which was actually an algebra book or a physics book. Um, if you had gone the other direction, you probably would have been a, a space, <laughs> an, ast- <laughs> an astronaut, right? If you had actually read the physics. <laughs> yeah. But, but your, your, your calling is, is in writing. But listen, seriously... So, so go to Amazon.com, look for Catherine Dussel, or Google her, or, or she's on Facebook, and support, support the work. That is what I want to encourage our listeners to do. If somebody's birthday is coming up, give them a gift of a, dom, of a book by a Dominican writer. If, you, if you're decorating your home and you want to have a couple of pieces on your coffee table or on your, on your corner table or somewhere, buy a Dominican book and place it there. Uh, when you want to buy children's books for your children to encourage them to read, buy a book by a Dominican author. You're going on vacation and you need a book to read while you're on vacation, buy a book by a Dominican writer. Go on vacation. And, and we're, not, we're not going to just stop at the end of May. Uh, what I would really like to see is some of our writers' books end up in the school curriculum to teach English literature and those kind of things. Because when I was going to high school, um, we had books that were written from by Trinidadian writers and St. Lucian writers and British writers. So it would be nice to see that we have evolved and we have so many accomplished writers from Dominica that, that some of those books are written by Dominican writers. If you joined a little after we started... You're listening to this week in interview with Anthony Drago. My guest tonight is Miss Catherine Dorset, as part of our month of celebration of Dominican writers, month of May 2019. Uh, it has been dedicated to celebrate Dominican writers. Last week we had um, Miss Sorendo, Celia Sorendo, and she was involved in the Dominican um, literary 
festival. Um, and we know that they haven't had that festival for a couple of years, and they're not going to have one this year. So, so this, is go- this is sort of, a, in a sort of a way, will suffice as our literary festival and this celebration of Dominican writers that we're doing in the month of May. But Catherine, I'm going to get back to, to you. Um, do you have some of, a, a passage of some of your work that you can read first? Uh, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I have one here with me. It's from one of my book of short stories. And the book is entitled Anthology of Weekly Writing Prompts. Anthology of... Uh, Okay. Weekly writing prompts. Okay. I joined a, a writer's group on Facebook, and every week the administrator gave us a prompt. And we were supposed to write a scene or a chapter or a short story, depending on how we felt about the prompt that she gave. And one week she gave us a photograph of a ballerina in a particular pose standing in front of the window, and you could see the light from outside coming in. And all the promise said was, who is she? Tell me her story. So we have the ballerina standing in front of a window, and she's practicing her body. And the prompt is, who is she? Tell me her story. And so what I did was this. It's very short, so I was going to read it to you. From her earliest childhood, Gretchen Moores had always wanted to be a ballerina. Her desire to dance was as a fierce fire raging inside her. Her parents could not afford ballet lessons, so she would go up to the attic and practice every day. She knew that one day she would take center stage with a traveling ballet group. That was her dream. She lived for that day. As she practiced and perfected her craft, her long legs would glide across the floor. Her slender arms would extend upwards and behind her, capturing a flawless leg as she did her routine, and she stretched in front of the attic window. Finally, it was happening. Gretchen was making her debut with a traveling ballet group from Russia. She was so excited. As she took the stage, the applause was deafening. Her graceful glide upon the stage caused a ruckus as she performed the solo. The crowd was on its feet, shouting her name. She moved so effortlessly almost as if she was walking on air. Panting with excitement, Gretchen tried to control her breathing. Her heart was pounding. She was touched by the crowd's response to her performance. Tears ran down her cheeks as she took a bow, while flowers and teddy bears came sailing up onto the stage. She bent, picked up a small brown teddy bear, and one single rose. This was the happiest day of her life. The following morning, Gretchen was found dead in her bed. The 60-year-old Gretchen would never again have to look down at her shriveled up legs and wish she could dance. The vehicular accident which had paralyzed her from the waist down on her prom night 44 years before had brutally shattered her aspirations, but not her dreams. The end. That's great. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> like how you go from a celebratory moment to to a solemn to a solemn moment um yeah, yeah. I, I, so i observe a lot of your writing has to do with um human emotions and feelings yeah. is that <laughs> is that what you write that do you always incorporate that or i do because I want when, when somebody reads my book or anything that I've written, I want them to, to stop and say, Wait a what was that? You know, I want them to feel something. So I try to put as much emotion in it as possible. And at the same time, I try not to go overboard because I want it to be real. I want them to be able to identify with the characters that I write about. Because my characters, they... They tend to take on a life of their own. Once I put them on, they seem to just run away. They, they do their stuff. And I, I like how they feel. And I want the readers, when they when they get to read them, I really want them to get acquainted with them, become friends. And when you close the book, it's like saying goodbye to a friend. That's what I'm hoping for. 
Awesome. Now, let me take a little quick pause to let listeners know that um, when we announce the program for tonight, uh, we're supposed to have two guests, you, Catherine, and um, Delroy, Delroy Williams, um, but he had to cancel at the last minute because of a family emergency, so we're lucky we have you for the entire hour. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so listeners, um, I, I was remiss in not mentioning it at the top of the show. Um, Delroy had to cancel at the last minute. He has a family emergency to take care of, and so he's, he's rescheduled. Um, we have um, writers scheduled for the entire month of May, so it looks like we'll have Delroy on um, sometime in June. Because going forward, we most, most likely for the next several months, we'll have uh, a night dedicated to writers at least one one Wednesday every month. Yeah, but but yeah, but that was a beautiful story. Um, I mean, it, it 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 dealt with a young girl's dream and her realization of her dream. Um, and how long ago did you write that story? Um, I think um, almost uh, a year since I wrote a book. I wrote it last year. Oh, last year. Okay. And you said that was that is one. That's a book of short stories. And what's the title of that yeah. book? An anthology of weekly writing prompts. Okay, so they're very short um, writing prompts, and you and you put them into a book. Some are short, some are long, and I put all. There were twenty-four weeks, and after a while things started to fall down. You know, there were other persons who were not coming in. And, and I said, okay, I might as well just stop up here. And I put everything in a book. And interestingly, I was very um, touched when Yui in um, Trinidad, their librarian, she sent me a letter because they wanted one for the library. So I felt really good when they sent to ask for one. So your book is part of the library at University of the West Indies? In Trinidad, yes. Your mom would be very proud. She would be. <laughs> do you do you only write short stories and novels? Do you do poetry as well? I did some poetry. It's it's not my thing, but okay. there was um there was a prompt and we were supposed to have done it we were supposed to say the same thing in the the prompt was they wanted three paragraphs, and each paragraph had to start the same way. Okay. And I did, <laughs> I did it as a poem. I hadn't thought of it, so it's not quite at hand. No, no, no. So I was, we, uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just because you because you're so prolific, I was wondering if you also did um, if you also did poetry as well. I like poetry. I like writing poetry. But I remember once. My, I gave it to uh, my teacher to read, and she was saying that, um, you know, people don't let poetry rhyme anymore. And he was like, are you serious? And it just kind of dampened your... Shattered yeah. the stuff. You know, yeah. last, last week, um, one of my guests, um, Celia Sorrendo, um, she was on there, and she was a, she, she's a poet. She writes poetry. And that's one wow. of the things that I, I mentioned to her. That's one of the things I mentioned to her, um, that, you know, poetry is not, is not something that, is, that we celebrate enough. And, and, and again, all of those things are some of the things that we want to change with, with this week. So, so, Catherine, what is your sense about um, writing and writers in the, in the Caribbean? You, you're familiar with Dominica, you're familiar with Monstrat. Um, do you see that it plays enough of a role in, in our community, in our education? I mean, how, what's, your, what's your opinion of that in the schools? Well, from, so from what I can see, um, I think we need to offer ourselves up more to do community service. Mm-hmm. One of the things um, I think apart from, right, it will work both ways. If we offer ourselves up to the community service, like, for example, going to the schools, maybe once a week or once a month, read to the children, go to the library, help with the literary programs. I try doing that. I don't always get it done. But um, there is this school of Monster that I have kind of adopted 
because I'm doing my bachelor's degrees in social work and I had to do my practicum at the school. Mm-hmm. So I had to work with some, with the grade five students. And my dream is actually to give them a, a, a library. Uh, they don't really have a library right now. And I think what we as writers in the Caribbean can do, it, yes, our schedules are tight. We have a lot of commitments. But if we want their support, we have to go to them and give them what we have. It's not always about the dollar. We want the dollar because it makes things... But, you know, but are you allowed to do that? Would they welcome you coming to the school and, and presenting your work like that? Doesn't it have to be part of the curriculum officially or something? Well, what I did was um, I went to the, to the library. We had some readings. I, went, I asked a teacher if I could come to her class. She said mm-hmm. she would have to work it out. And then they had career fear. Okay. So there were children who said they wanted to be writers, you know, write mm-hmm. books. And I got invited to speak to them. So I had them for some part of the day. I brought some of my books, which I gave to those who um, participated. And, you know, I gave them as, as re- an award for something. Okay. And it felt good to, because these are the young minds, you know, and I gave them a, a prompt. And you would be amazed at some of the stories that came up just around the problem. They were all different. Mm-hmm. And they were also personal. So I think we have writers in the making right underneath our noses. And if we do not go out and encourage them, they probably will never even know who we are. Now, the other thing about us as writers is that we are not celebrated by our own. There are not many persons like you who go out on a limb, try to find us, promote us, tell other people, hey, this is one of your own support. I don't know, I think it may be a Caribbean thing, but we do not really support our own. And I was thinking, I had spoken to Bernard some time ago, Dr. Frampton, mm-hmm. and he was saying, well, let, us, let us get together, buy each other's books, promote each other's books, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. And actually, I actually started in Jamaica, I bought Dr. Frampton's book. I think he got one of mine, and he also did an interview with me about mine. But these kind of things, because we have to put ourselves out there as well. They can't always come to us. Okay. So, in having said that, though, um, as writers and, and somebody who would, if somebody wanted to be a writer, a full-time writer, to make a living from writing, as somebody who has walked that road, um, what kind of advice would you give to that young person who says, all I want to do is write. Um, my passion is writing. I would like to be uh, a famous writer and do that as my, as my career. How, how, how possible is that um, in, in, in the, it is, in the it Caribbean? Is possible. Mm-hmm. It is possible, but it takes a lot of hard work. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm not living off my writing. I have a full-time job. And I would love nothing more. And to say, okay, I can retire today and just go into full-time writing. But I do not see it happening right, right now. Mm-hmm. So if somebody does want to go into writing, and that's just the dream, just the passion, I would tell them, do not let anything stop you from writing. You write as much as you can. But because you cannot live off it now, we do not always get our dream job. And that is what it would be for you. That is what it would be if you had to write, just write and live on it. So we try to get something to do save your money, and write. You can still write doing other things. And as a matter of fact, by doing other things, you actually get things to write about. You're, write, you're, you're working as a policeman, you're working in a store, you're working as an office attendant. You'd be surprised at the stories that you can pick up just from everyday living. So that just because you cannot write full-time and live from your writing doesn't mean you cannot write. You can still write. And when the time is right, you can publish, get a good publisher and publish your books. You don't have to just stay at home and just do that alone because you have to survive. You have to pay the bills. So get a job. It may not be your dream job, but use it as a launching pad. Save up, write, and get it going. So you, you've, you've published 11 books. Yes. And most people, their challenge is to publish. Uh, how do you go about? Are you, do you self-publish? Or, I mean, how? how do you... um, I self-publish. Okay, and what what is I that process be... like? Well, at first, man, <laughs> it seemed to cost everything that I had. 
just to get to the publisher was thousands of dollars to get them to publish the book. I mean, thousands of dollars. And you had to buy the book from them. It was thousands of dollars. And it was like, this isn't going to work. And then I was a judge at a writing competition. And somebody was wrong and they were asking me, well, how am I getting with my book? And I told them, I think I'm going to pack it up because it's just too expensive. And one of the, the guys, writer, who was also a judge, said, haven't you heard about Create Space? And I said, Create Space? What is that? And he introduced me to Create Space, a publishing platform. You create an account and you do everything yourself. Your layout. If you want them to do it for you, obviously you have to pay. Mm-hmm. But you take your time. You don't have to rush it. You do everything yourself. You print it out. Get somebody to read it for you. Because that's one of the problems I had with some of my books. You know, sometimes you read something and because you know what you want to say, you right. do not see it. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has to do it. Right. And don't just give it to a friend. Give it to somebody like a retired teacher or somebody who would see the errors and pick them up. Okay. So I had that and I had to republish. But Create Space is wonderful. You get to, to work there, design your own things. They have templates so you can get your covers. You can get the layout within the book, the contents. And you only pay for the book itself. And because you're the author, they give it to you at a good price. The only thing is, depending on where you live, they have to ship it to you so it can be a little expensive. But you get to actually do everything yourself. My first three books, The Wolf of a Man, Antiquates, Short Story, and Youth Power, two of them were published by Arthur House in the UK, and one was published by Fast Pencil. All of the others I did myself. You did yourself. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's very valuable information. Create space. Mm-hmm. You know, last week we got the hint about submitting your work to journals, your short stories, your poems, and so there are journals that you can submit your work to. And now you're also giving us that really golden nugget of, of the facility called um, Create Space. That's awesome. That's, that's very awesome. Now, do you have another piece that you want to read? Actually, I do. Okay. It's about the title of this book is Will He Remember Me Tomorrow? Will He Remember Me Tomorrow? There's a, yes. there's a Burning Flame song with that. And most people, I know have, it. <laughs> most, people, most people have their own idea as to when they hear Will He Remember Me? But it's not even close to what Burning Flame was singing. <laughs> but <laughs> but both knowing, you, knowing you, I suspect that there is a there is a twist. I suspect there is a twist. So go ahead there and read. There is. Okay. It was um I think what what month was it? It could have been like maybe around this time, and they were saying on the radio that um it was the year for celebrating um the month of Alzheimer's Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's. Okay. Wow. Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have a friend, a very very dear friend. And her husband has dementia. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the struggle that she goes through. You know, the, the mood swings and it can be really heartbreaking. And I thought I would write a short story to commemorate that um, that day. And so I wrote, Will He Remember Me Tomorrow? It's a story of an old man, not very old actually, but he has Alzheimer's and he's at a, a home. And so it begins that. There's a short section for you. It says, the old man was standing next to the fence, wondering what kind of place it was when he saw a young woman drive into the compound. He looked on curiously as the young woman got out of the car, opened the back door for a little boy who jumped out of the car, leaving her to close it behind him. He watched as the little boy left the beautiful young woman ran to him, wrapping his small arms tightly around his legs. I must look like someone she knows, the man thought, just as the young woman reached him. Hi, Dad, she said, kissing him gently on the cheek. How are you doing this morning? The man was staggered. Dad? He bent, disengaged the child, and took a step back, staring at her wearily. They stared at each other for a moment, and he observed her expression change from hope to disappointment. Her lovely brown eyes became clouded with a deep sadness and she, as she looked at him, and he was almost sure he could see the shine of unshed tears in them. He didn't know why. 
but he felt sorry for her. He wished he could help her, but he wasn't a dad. What could he do? As he watched her, something told him, why don't you help her out? So he looked at her and he said, oh, hello, honey. How are you doing? Please forgive me. My mind was far away. Dad? She questioned tentatively, searching his face with bated breath. The, the excitement clearly audible in her voice. Dad, it's me, Paige. You really remember me? He could see the fires of hope rekindled in her eyes and didn't have the heart to douse them. What a silly question. Of course I remember you. Why wouldn't I? Well, uh, Dad, you see, uh, you haven't really... Oh, never mind, she said abruptly, taking a step towards him and giving him a great big hug. I love you so much, Dad. I love you too, honey, he said, all the while thinking, what's happening? Why does she think I'm her dad? Oh, well, if she wants me to be her dad, that's what I'll be. And I'll stop here. You've got to read the book to find out. <laughs> <laughs> you have to read the book. So, so is that, that book is one story or is, is, is one story about that, that particular? Story. Oh, okay. that book. Okay. Yes. And you said your experience with Alzheimer's was... Um, with a friend of your very family? Close friend of mine. Oh, okay. Mm. It's, it's really a terrible, a terrible disease. I mean, I don't know if anybody can even begin to imagine it, but can you just, just imagine, for want of a better word, just imagine you wake up tomorrow morning and you come to the mirror to brush your teeth and you look up and there's a stranger looking at you. I mean, you have no idea who this person is. It has to be really, really tough. Really, really tough. It is. And, it not is. Only for, and not only for the person who is suffering, but for the family members. Right. Having loved somebody for how long, and then the person looks at you like you're probably a, a, a murderer or something, doesn't know you, doesn't want you to touch them, doesn't want anything from you. It's terrible, and it's tearing families apart. You know, when I when I told you that there's, I, there's a book in me that I'm searching for, um, uh-huh. I took care of my mom for five years before she passed from Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. So, so I always well, said I should have, I always said I should have written a book about my experience. And you still um, can. And I still can. Maybe um, a lot of persons you still can. So so that that is a topic that that's a topic that's very very close to me that I'm very familiar with. And um, I think you you did a brilliant job um, in that one scene capturing Capturing what both um, the family member as well as the the, the, the Alzheimer's patient, what they go through, um, it, it's a very it's a very. Um, I mean, there's no disease that's easy, but it, it's a very difficult. Um, it is. It, it's a very difficult um, thing to watch. Um, my my experience of it, it looks like your family member is growing downwards. You know, like you have a child and the child is growing upwards. They learn, they learn to put on their clothes. They learn to eat. They learn to speak. They learn to read. Um, and they become very moody as well. Yeah, the experience is the reverse, where they lose their reading ability and, and then up to, the, up to down to the point where you have to feed them liquid it's, food. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, there, there were blessings with it as well. There were, there were. Well, yes, uh, I can understand, but yeah, you should really write it. You should write that book. Yeah, I'd love to read it. <laughs> one of these days, probably. <laughs> one of these days, I, I, I'm serious. I think, I think there's a lot of lessons that I learned. I, I like to say that. In those five years that I lived with my mother while I was taking care of her, I, I probably learned as much from her as I learned in the previous, I don't know, 40-something years, 30 years before um, she came to live with me. So, so, that's that. so, so again, in your work, I'm seeing that you write about, about people. You write about human beings and human experiences. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so you write what you live. That's, that's where my heart is. Even as a journalist, I was, I think I was more effective when I did um, human interest stories. Mm-hmm. Because when the hard news was good, and I love to see my name on the front page, it was, it was really exciting. But what really worked 
the words in the human interest stories because you actually got to play with the words. You actually got to go into detail. It wasn't just the bare bones, like what news has to be. You could put on a little fat, put on a little meat, mm-hmm. you know, your feelings, your dreams, aspirations, your needs, your doubts, and really put that into a story that can capture somebody else's heart. Because I remember as a journalist, we went to the hospital. They told us that there was a patient. And when we went in, they said, no cameras. So what we did, we walked with a graphic artist. And so he was like part of the team, the journalistic team. And while we were talking to her, he was speaking. She thought he was taking notes. And so that was the front page story. And because of how we wrote the story, how it came out, when she saw it, she called us back. And this time she allowed us to take a photograph. And I remember um, this minister, she was in community services. I think that's Venice Bellany at the time. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to really help that young lady. And then there was a man in, in Grand Bay. And some they wanted us to open uh, like a fund. But because we were in newspaper, we didn't want to get involved in that part of it. So we said we, we do not mind promoting it, but let somebody else handle it. But nobody else really came up. But these are the kind of stories I want to write. Write a story, and one story somebody has, has to take action. Something has to happen. That's what I love to do. So in a sense, you're still that little girl spinning <laughs> yes. a story that, that brings a reaction and, yeah. and, and enjoyment. Yeah, for <laughs> and yeah I, think, I think that's probably what that... that idea right there where you you, you you get that instant you connect with your audience you connect with your audience in that way I try so what are you what, what projects are you working on now well I'm working on a few projects I'm trying to finish the book series and I have a wonderful expert who does voiceovers and we are negotiating because she's going to do two of my short stories so I'm going to turn them into audiobooks Oh. Um, she was inviting me to do them myself, but I think I want her to do them. She She's really good. Um, and I'm also working on getting Will You Remember Me Tomorrow as a movie. We've started shooting, so it is still in production stage. Mm. And I think Alzheimer's Day comes in September this year, I understand. So we'll work and see if we can get it released then. And I'm also working on having it as a, a radio play. And on that day, hopefully, we can have it aired. So there's a lot of work, and I'm not sure if I can get it done in time. But these are some of the things that I'm working on. In sec- Alzheimer's Day is in September, you said? I think so. I think it's normally elderly, the month of the elderly, which is October and November. But I think I saw online on the internet somewhere that they hold it in September. But I have to do some more research. Okay. Maybe maybe you and I can collaborate on something to to mark that day. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna pull up about the you yet. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the book. I was just talking about doing something to commemorate the day. I think. That's I how it think. Starts, yeah. Man. That's how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> because um, October this year will be ten years since my since my mom passed. So so we oh. could. Yeah, I would do something to commemorate that. That is great. That is great. Listeners, if you join join us late, my guest tonight on this weekend interview is Miss Catherine Dossett, um, a prolific and accomplished writer. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call her movie maker, film maker, because she's she's venturing into that area, turning most of her stories into into movies, into, into films and short films, into series. Uh, we are interviewing Catherine because, uh, one of the reasons is that we are celebrating the month of May as uh, a month to recognize writing from Dominica, writers from Dominica and their work and so, and so Catherine, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you um, we didn't disappoint look, look at that it's, you know, the hour is right up there um, no. against us and um, you seem to have a dizzying schedule, you know, producing radio series, um, work, uh, you know, in the shots, creating a shot and film for, for some of your work, um, working on voiceover, um, working on a full-length a full feature movie. 
writing, well, you've written your trilogy, so now you have to write nine more because they want 12 full stories? Well, not really nine more. I have three, and each book we have, if we can get two hours from them. So if we can get the, the 12 so sections. Halfway there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. I have no doubt that, that you will get to 12 and keep going to 20. <laughs> but but it, it, was, it was such a pleasure to have you. Um, tell listeners again where they can find your work. Um, they can find my work on Amazon, or if they simply Google Catherine Dorset, one of the first, out of the first six pages, you will find Catherine Dorset and all her stories, and you'll also find my Amazon page. Or you can go to www.catherinedorset.com, which is my website. Your website. And you click on any of the books, it will take you to my Amazon page, where you can purchase it, look at it, leave a review, and have fun with everything else. I also have um, snippets of my videos on my Amazon page. So it will be good viewing. That's awesome. You know, and, and, I, and I wish you all the best with, with your work. I also thank you for the indulgence for staying with me for the entire hour. Um, it was. Oh, it, it was my pleasure. <laughs> it was really great having I, you. I should say thank you because you you put me out there, and I mean, doing it that way, any other, any other, with any other, any other medium, I mean, it would have been so costly. But you've taken the time off. It's like greatest donation I've gotten in my lifetime of working and writing books and trying to make movies, and you've done it for us. So I really, really, I'm grateful. The pleasure is ours. We, we really appreciate the, the opportunity to be able to, to do that. And I, and I wasn't kidding when I said um, that this role that I play as host of this week in interview, um, it gives me the opportunity to speak with people who are basically heroes, people who have accomplished so much, who are still accomplishing, and, and that gives me inspiration. And so, you know, you have this mic, it's available to you, it's always live, you can come on TDN Radio at any time, and we love to, we, we love to watch you go as you, as you reach even higher and higher, and always, always pushing the envelope and doing something different. So I wish you all the very best, Catherine. Thank you so much for being on this weekend interview. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you, listening audience. Awesome. Well, listeners, there you have it, another, another great show. Um, Catherine Dorset was my, was my guest tonight and I want to say thank you to her thank you to the producer and engineer Sam this, this episode of this weekend interview will be available on podcasts on um, tdnradio.net um, website by, by tomorrow it should be up um, so you can, you can listen again remember listeners I, I ask you every, every Wednesday to invite five people to, to listen to this week in interview, invite them to join you, to join us. We're trying to grow our audience because I believe in movements and you cannot have a movement with just 10 of us. The more, the more people we have is the better. Like right now, the movement that I want to create is a movement of support for our Dominican writers, for Dominican work. Uh, I want to create a movement where we get into the habit of buying Dominican writing and as gifts, buying Dominican writing for our own consumption, supporting our writers, and, and making it possible for that young Catherine or, or, or Tommy or Johnny or whichever child that has that dream to be a writer, to, to create the environment where it's possible. And all of, this, all of this beautiful work and all these stories that we're getting from Catherine, we can get from so many other writers as well if we create an environment where we support our, our creative people. For now, we're focusing on writing, but there's also all the other ads that we have, to, we have to support. But let's start with writing, because that's already a finished product. Let's go on Amazon, go on Catherine's page, CatherineDosset.com. Uh, her website, CatherineBossett.com, go on her Facebook page, buy her work. She has 11 books. Some of them are very, all of them are family-friendly. Some of them are very child-friendly. Make that be the first book that your child reads. Um, the first book that I read was The Adventures of Hercules. Who's Hercules? Some mythical figure. 
So let the first book that you buy for your child when they're going to read their first storybook be a book by Catherine Dossett. You know, let's keep that, let's keep that little dream alive in, that, in the ballerina. And so listeners, I want to tell you, thank you so much. we we'll do this again next week, Wednesday. Um, next week, Wednesday, I have um, Giftus John and Aflin Laguerre as, as the guests on this week in interview. Uh, continuing, continuing our month of May, um, celebrating Dominican writers. So good night, and uh, we will uh, have a great weekend. It's Mother's Day on Sunday. So for all you mothers and aunts and, and all the people who play the role of mothers in the lives of, of folks, um, children and grown folks like myself, uh, I wish you a, a, a memorable and um, enjoyable Mother's Day. So good night, listeners.